How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 16 of Fear Frequency. I'm your host, Jimmy Champagne, and with me today is my co-host, George Frizzard. What's up, dude? Nothing much. How you doing? We've sound the alarms. Got a Halloween alert, baby. <laughs> this is going to be a big week, you guys, so we're only doing two segments this week. We have so much news because, literally, we recorded on Monday last week, and there was, like, no news from last week yet. And then Tuesday... Amount like an avalanche of news came in, so that's all being covered this week here on the show. Uh, and then in segment two, we're going to be talking about the new Cloverfield movie, which dropped during the Super Bowl. So it's going to be a pretty packed episode. But right out of the gate, we got a Halloween alert. So okay, so a lot of these pic, there's a lot of pictures coming off the set of this movie, and uh, Nick Castle, who's playing uh, Michael Myers or the shape partially in this movie he's been sharing stuff from the set like his chair that he sits in and uh, some other stuff which is cool that's cool Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's the first big story he shared a shot of him sitting in his chair and I think that's cool I mean like again we talked about like how we are glad that there's a younger person doing the stunts for him (laughs) right because like (laughs) he's an old man at this point and he's got like a two foot long ponytail so yeah, and the, the movie is just wrapping up filming. Uh, I've followed all the, like, teenage, teenage, in air quotes I'm doing, actors from the movie on Instagram, and they've been posting on their stories, and a lot of them are, like, heading back to L.A. or New York from South Carolina, so it's kind of weird, though, because, like, they were all together, and they were still wearing, like, their costumes at night and stuff when they were hanging out, so it was, like, this weird meta thing where you're like, oh... We get to see these, like, teenagers building out their characters, and then they're going to die. You think they're going to try to, like, spin out this, like, new cast as, like, a like a new series kind of thing? Or you think this this new Halloween 2018 is going to be, like, a one-off? I, uh, I know, f- I know, like, I'm almost positive that this is, like, ending the Laurie Strode story, kind of, but it's going to set up more Halloween movies. Like, this won't, I don't think this will be the last one. I think it'll be Laurie's final confrontation with Michael, quote-unquote, but I think mm-hmm. it'll set something up. Her, like, like, third final confrontation with them after age 20 yeah. and resurrection. Because if they can figure out how to bring this back, there's no way they'll stop, you know? like Yeah, like, if it's a smash hit, there's no way that they're not going to continue on with the series. Yeah, and, like, I'm fine with that. If it's a good movie, I'll want more of them, you know? like But, yeah, right. the, kid, the kids are all being... I feel like something like Stranger Things has set up and it have set up this like world where we can have kids that don't get killed you know like there will be mortal stakes like maybe one of them will get killed very early on but i feel like they'll really put some stock into making these kids likable and cool because the more i think about it we didn't know anything about like finn wolfhard or any of the kids from stranger things before season one and then we didn't know anything about most of the kids except for finn wolfhard and it so you know they could even though these are all relatively unknown actors they probably, it seems like they have some great chemistry offset based on the Instagram stories because they were all posting. So, like, mm. I don't know. I feel like I feel like the the kids could live. Yeah. Since it's, like, a big struggle between uh, Lori and Michael. And also, my new theory since last week, based on our next story, which is that there's, like, a picture of Lori Strode that Jamie Lee Curtis put on her Instagram with her and David Gordon Green and to me she really looks like a cop I think she's gonna be a cop in this movie uh she's like wearing brown corduroys and boots and like a like a police looking jacket and a denim shirt uh it's weird to see Jamie Lee Curtis with long hair again and glasses yeah but I mean she really does better yeah I I mean she still looks like Laurie Strode like yeah I they got a great wig because it's like the same hair yeah hilarious yeah, and Wait, I think her I think transitioning. She's be a cop. Yeah, her transitioning into a cop role would be actually really cool because it would kind of be like you know since Michael escaped on the first night, it's kind of haunted her, and yeah. now she thinks it's like her duty to like protect the city and come back and make sure that if he ever comes back, he won't. It won't be for long. So I get, it's it's cool to see her take up that mantle if if that's what's going to happen. But I would I'd agree with you that the the new costume definitely looks very police like. Yeah, because, like, it's the total opposite of her going to running away and being the principal of a school or ending up in a mental hospital like she does in Resurrection, you know? Like, right, right. Having her be this cool, strong, confident character I think is better. And, I mean, uh, the problem is one of them has to die. Like, you know, one of them is going to die in this movie. It's probably going to be her. 
but I don't know. It's weird. And, you know, I read more into this. I'm, I worked on a video over the weekend that's up by now, but uh, I looked into this, and they're saying that they're changing the end of the first movie a little bit, like, and I feel like that's basically admitting that rather than Michael disappearing at the end of the movie, he's gonna, uh, it's just him being taken to back to Smith's Grove, because, like, why would they be you know casting all these people at smith's grove because like who else who else would be in there right <laughs> so yeah. so yeah, it might that's, be like i'm thinking they might be like siphoning the intro of like halloween 2 off where he's in the yeah. van coming going back to the hospital or whatever i can see that happening right and uh so going back to nick castle he reunited with john carpenter on the set ryan turek on instagram so if for those of you who don't know who Ryan Turk is, he is uh, one of the big guys at Blumhouse. But way back in October, when I talked about when I went to the Nerdist Halloween party at the Mystic Museum, he and I was talking about the uh, the VHS video store. I forget what it was called. Mm-hmm. It was like a, the video store that was set up in there with all the horror yeah. movies. He mm-hmm. set that up. Okay. And he's like he's on set for Halloween right now, and he got a picture of him, Nick Castle and john carpenter all together on set there's no real news there it's just it's cool See, oh actually there is news there because john carpenter said he hadn't signed any papers yet for doing the soundtrack but if mm-hmm. he's on set that like it's cool to see him have this hands-on role in the movie you know like and that puts him a little bit closer to guaranteed to be doing the soundtrack in my opinion right i think to have him come back and do the soundtrack would be huge uh, even mm-hmm. you know if it's not him doing it primarily it's mostly his son uh that would still be cool and just to have him, his presence on set probably adds a lot to, you know, just the overall feel of it. And the directors probably come up to him and ask him for tips or, you know, what his opinion are on certain things. So it's, it's definitely a good sign to see that he is, like, actively on set with everyone hanging out while the movie's yeah. being shot. I just did a video on this uh, about why it's called Why Halloween 2 Had to Die. But I talk about this a lot in it where it's like... I think it's cool. He's talked about it in an interview where he's like, he's been making money off these movies forever and that he's okay with like his name being attached to stuff because then he'll make money off of it, which like I get. Why would you? I don't understand when people like take a stand against their franchises being continued. It's like the franchise is going to continue without you or not and you created it so you should make money on it. Like that makes sense to me. But he right. kind of had this change of heart where he's like, well, I like the people involved with this one. It seems like they have the right idea why not just get involved? I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's definitely cool to see him on set and actively doing stuff with the movie. It makes me feel a little more, a little more at ease about it. Yeah, and then so another thing is Andy Matichek, who's the youngest Strode in this movie, and all the other actors, including like Ginny Gardner and basically everyone we've been mentioning all these weeks. I mentioned their Instagram already. Everyone should go follow them because they've been tweeting pictures from the set, and there's some or Instagramming pictures from the set. And there are some really cool houses and things they have set up. Like, it's being shot in South Carolina, but they do a good job of hiding... They do a better job of hiding the California look. You know, like the Southern America, like, tropical look. There's no, like, palm trees in the background, like Halloween 1? No, but I saw one shot from across the street of one of the houses where there was, like, a fern, but I'm... It was like a palmy type of bush. It's not like a uh-huh. palm tree, but it's a short little bush. I'm sure they'll get rid of that stuff. Like, they're not stupid. But um, everyone should go follow them because they've been posting a ton of cool stuff. So the biggest thing we have this week is a picture that was taken of Michael Myers on set. The shape is on set, but it's super blurry. You have to, like, zoom in really far. The person was really far away when they took it. But it's cool to see. It makes it feel more real that... Uh, Michael Myers is like on set while they're filming. It's awesome. Like that's just really cool to me. <laughs> and yeah, it looks it, it looks cool. Yeah, it's definitely cool to see that he's obviously wearing the same classic uh, like boiler suit, and the mask looks close enough to the first one from what we can tell, even though the image quality is subpar at best. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's a it's cool though it's exciting to see our first look at the michael myers what he's gonna work in this movie and uh everything looks like it's uh you know right on track for being as close to the original as possible yeah which is what we want it's weird that these movies have filmed like in so many different places like the first one was in pasadena then this the second one i think was also pasadena but four and five were in like salt lake city utah 
<laughs> and now this one's in South Carolina. It's like, why why don't you just film in Illinois? You know, like go find a neighborhood <laughs> in Illinois because like treat it like a John Hughes movie. You know, <laughs> like go shoot in fucking Illinois if you're going to make your movie set in Illinois. <laughs> right. Like just find an actual Midwest town to film in and if that's like where the where it actually takes place. Yeah. So uh, that's the last big thing. The problem with all this is, so I, I still don't know if this shot is even real. I think it is. This one seems real because, like, Bloody Disgusting reported on it. But the problem is there's, like, there's so many people sharing this specific image that it's, it's impossible to find the source. Like, I honestly spent about 45 minutes trying and just, it's not happening. But the other problem is there's a lot more pictures being shared, but they all seem to come from this one guy. And he runs a site called du-hd.com. Which, if you check it out, I, I don't want to call anyone a copycat or anything, but everything about the site, down to the logo and the layout, and even the way some of the articles are written, is just a straight rip of Bloody Disgusting, which is shitty. And uh, the other thing that really is pissing us off is that if you ask this guy to source any image, he doesn't. He won't respond, and then he'll just subtweet you and say, I don't have to respond to people who aren't following me. But he acts. He wants to. He wants to be a big boy journalist, basically. But he doesn't want to put in the work, and he refuses to source any photos. So no one will like. No real site will use those photos because he's refusing to source them. It's just like this weird thing. So we don't know what's real because he's not giving us the source. So everything we've talked about, except for that Michael Myers picture, is something I've like gone back and found the original picture because he's basically just sourcing people's Instagrams and not giving them credit, which is pretty shitty. But hey, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I guess the more we see on it, the better. But if it's not, you know, real and confirmed, then what what good is it? Yeah, the one I really wanted to find and I just couldn't. He tweeted out like a picture from the high school, the Haddonfield High School, and their mascot is a like angry corn cob, and they're called the Haddonfield Huskers, which it looks pretty real to me. But still, take it with a grain of salt. I just thought that was cool, and I'm bummed I couldn't find a source for it. Yeah, but yeah, it's. It's it just it bum it's cool that someone is sharing the photos, but then it's like the more you find out about the person and like the site that they're using to share them, you just feel like kind of dirty talking about it, which is annoying. But it's only February and we still have like eight months to go for this movie, so I'm sure some official stuff will be coming out soon. This is really funny because George like had George was like ahead of the game on this last week, but uh, the Purge the Island, which George put on our list of like movies we're excited for last week. That got announced the next day, and it's now called The First Purge, <laughs> which is crazy. But it is on uh, Manhattan Island, and it's like the it's a prequel to all the Purge movies. And the way they teased it is with, A, a poster featuring a MAGA hat, like the Make America Great Again hat, but it says The First Purge on it. So that's calling out someone for something. And then they released a teaser during the uh, State of the Union address, which is fucking nuts. <laughs> Did yeah. you see the teaser? Yeah, it's heavily, heavily political, to say the least. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw people say, too, like, oh, the purge should go back to not being political. It's like, okay, so you've never seen any of the movies. Right. I mean, they have, like, a very thin veil of anything, like, vaguely political, and then it's just an action movie the rest of the time. So <laughs> Yeah, so... <laughs> whatever i think it's funny blumhouse knows what they're doing like it's the fourth movie you know it's coming out in july uh that kind of remember we were talking about how we were like really nervous it would come out like next january or something but we were like hopeful it would come out in july and they're releasing it right on fourth of july this year yeah that was the date that i had seen when i was looking up originally when i found when it had the working title the island I saw that it had a release date of, like, hopeful of July 4th, but I didn't want to say anything because I wasn't right. sure if that was just, like, a placeholder or not. So, yeah, because it... you're pulling from your sources respectfully and well. Cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is cool that it's coming out on the 4th of July. I didn't... I, didn't the last one also come out, like, if not on the 4th of July, like, the week of Independence Day? Yeah, they all usually come out right around... Right in the middle of the summer, right around yeah. July. Yeah. Which is so, good. Like, they fit in there. Yeah, they really do. They work really well as like a summer horror flick. I'm... Yeah, I'm I'm glad that Halloween is obviously coming around Halloween though, because Blumhouse hasn't, as far as I know, they don't really traditionally occupy September or October, which they should, because like that's when I want to see horror movies. Right. Well, I think with Halloween especially, there's no way you could really set any and like any month but October. 
Yeah, definitely. I know some of them have released in the summer, like August, which is just so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, that just... <laughs> but, it's so dumb. It's the wrong tone right off the bat. Yeah, and then, okay, so we talked about the nun living dead doll, and we were like, we were pretty hot on it, but man, they announced today a Michael Myers one, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it does look really cool. It's... <laughs> It's like a very detailed mask with all black eyes, crazy hair, and a little knife. It looks really interesting. Like, really, like, a cool like cool set piece to have on your desk or something. I I want to say that they're only 48 bucks, too. I think I saw that somewhere. Which, like, it is a fully sculpted mask with hair. It is so funny. I want it really bad. Like, I actually, <laughs> I really want it. Like, it's it has a better mask than half the movies at least yeah honestly like it looks better than the mask from four and like h2o and <laughs> resurrection it's just this little baby michael Myers. It's so funny. right like imagine a baby doll with just like a messed up paper machete face and like wild head of hair it looks awesome <laughs> Yeah, I woke up this morning and I had an Instagram notification from uh, our friend of the show, Luke Jaggers, and it was just like, holy shit, and it was linking me to this, and I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a great thing to wake up to. So I will I will buy that, like, for sure. I really want it. Maybe, maybe I can get us one to talk about on the show. I'm going to try yeah, that. That would be cool to have one to we can look up. We could get a little early. <laughs> yeah, look one up close and personal, see what yeah. <laughs> it's so cute though if you want to see that go on bloody disgusting (laughs) wait so i haven't read this riverdale one you can you can do this but it sounds awesome oh we're hitting we're hitting the stephen king nail okay yep yeah flip the stephen king switch we also are going to hit that a little bit later with the new castle rock trailer but (laughs) it's perfect um, so the car christine like a model of it was just featured on the newest episode of riverdale is like a cameo. I hadn't seen the episode, but apparently it's like a, a plays a small part in the in the show. That is cool. I I have to catch up. I'm a little behind, but I love Riverdale, and this makes me want to watch it. That's funny. Christine is getting like a big comeback right now. Like John Carpenter made that music video, and then now it's in Riverdale, which is like a huge show. Yeah, I mean, that that redone music video we talked about a while ago is actually really cool. So it's mm-hmm. it's interesting to see. That's kind of a best of both worlds because it's a little bit of Stephen King and a little bit of uh, John Carpenter in the mix. Yeah, and so. Riverdale makes horror references all the time, like especially Jughead. Like he'll drop '80s references constantly, mm-hmm. and it's funny because like I'll be watching it and I'll be like, <laughs> and I'll like laugh, and then I, I watch it with Kelsey, my girlfriend. <laughs> she doesn't hear like any of them, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's fun. Uh, it's cool that Riverdale actually isn't just like trying to be a pumped out cheap piece of shit. It's like actually a right. really cool show. That uh, just a side note. That episode was directed by Rachel Talele, who directed Nightmare on Elm Street Part Six. Freddy is oh, dead. Oh shit, dude! As, I saw. Oh man, that's cool. Yeah, she was also a producer for parts three and four of the Nightmare on Elm Everyone Street series. Everyone hates Freddy's Dead, right? Yep, that one is like very widely hated. Yeah, that's cool though that they got a woman to direct one of those movies. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's cool. It. I mean, she's a she's a decorated horror director. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> even if the movie's not great, I mean, still her name is on a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. You can't you can't ever take that from her, you know. Yeah, and I don't know. I think it's cool that I, I'm sure that's got to be the only one of the big three that had a woman director. <laughs> right. I, I'm not positive, but like, it seems like I could say that pretty factually and be right. <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah so we bumped up uh the first purge we were going to talk about that next but it kind of came up organically earlier but we're hitting the stephen king uh button again here with the new castle rock teaser this is annoying because it's a just a little bit different than the one we talked about last week they showed it during the super bowl but it kind of it sets up the plot where the main character gets a call from bill skarsgård's character who's in shawshank prison he goes back to castle rock and uh he's gonna meet up with sissy speck speckick mm-hmm. sissy speckick that's how you say it and jane levy's in it but i didn't see her yeah. in the trailer which is annoying i i think there's like a flash over like she's in it for like one like a very brief moment 
But yeah, I, I think the main reason for this trailer is just basically to show uh, Bill Skarsgård's character as an inmate at Shawshank and not having anything to do with uh, Pennywise the clown. Yeah, it's fucking really stupid. And why isn't Sissy <laughs> Spakic, 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 whatever? Why isn't Sissy playing Carrie? You know, right? Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> I wonder, do you think uh, they're going to end up casting Kathy Bates at this point? Like, why not just cast her and make her play someone else? She's been on American Horror Story a lot. She's still around. She has that uh, Netflix show going on right now, Disjointed. Oh, I know what that is. We almost worked at it at my old job, Rip in Peace. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, so, I mean, she's still working. She's still in TV. I'm sure she'd love to come back and do that since that's probably the you know the role she's most known for at least you know mm-hmm. most appreciated as so i think people would like to see her you know obviously no one's reprising their mantle for no reason since you just want to put like a half-assed reference to all these actors that used to be in Stephen king movies for some reason but it'd yeah. be cool to see her in the show just even if it's like a very small part it'd be you know just kind of interesting to see all these old school Stephen king actors together for castle rock it sucks that he let his like universe get split up between so many different film companies. It would be great if just one like production studio could have the rights to everything and just make finally like a Stephen King universe. You know, like, wouldn't that be cool if we didn't have to like piece together the different universes these movies exist in? Yeah, but it's hard with King, especially since he has such a huge library of books mm-hmm. that he's written that <laughs> to have them all under one roof would be almost impossible since most of them do get adapted in some way shape or form whether it's a tv series or a movie or you know something else it's hard it'd be hard to get them all collected like that but right. I, it would be interesting like if we got like, like a legit uh you know like dark towers type story where yeah you could travel bad. between all the different stephen king universes and you know do all that stuff that's actually happens in the books it'd be cool but you know it's a it's a pipe dream i don't think it'll ever happen Mm. but yeah hulu's like hulu's picking up some cool stuff man like i don't know i think i'm gonna subscribe to hulu since uh they have this and they've been doing live tv which is cool and their aesthetic they like rebranded and it looks really nice yeah um this is I know they have a couple other original shows that uh, are pretty well received. Uh, the The Handmaiden's Tale, with yeah, I haven't girl. watched that, but I want to. Yeah, with the girl from the uh, not the Office, Mad Men in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems interesting. They seem to be kind of bumping up their original programming. Marvel Runaways is getting some good good buzz. I haven't watched too much of that, but I don't know. I think Hulu has a good a good standing at least good track record so far and i think they could probably pull pull this off as a good looking show all the trailers look like it's very well shot you know high production values so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to it so next up we have uh, a first shot of zach efron as ted bundy in extremely wicked and it's like it's pretty awesome dude like he looks good yeah i i was <laughs> a little hesitant i wasn't sure uh how how it would look like Ted Bundy was handsome, but I don't think he was Zac Efron handsome. Yeah. So I love Zac Efron. He's great. Yeah, I think he's a great. Yeah, I think he's great. He was great in uh, Greatest Showman and. Oh yeah, he was awesome in that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Mike and David Wedding Dates was yeah. like a surprise comedy smash. Like that's one of my favorite comedies, and I thought it was gonna be like so stupid. Uh huh. So I agree. I, I think he's a great actor with a lot of talent. So I'm I'm interested to see what he's gonna do in kind of a darker role like this, playing a serial killer. But the the first set photos that we see here look great. It, it looks mm-hmm. better than I expected it to be. Yeah, I'm excited. I'll watch this. We were kind of lukewarm on it before, I remember, but I'm, I'm into it now. Uh, yeah, so he cool. did post this on his, his own personal Instagram. So if you just go follow him on Instagram, you can see it. And I'm sure there's probably going to be a couple other things he'll post, you know, in between now and when the movie releases. So Yeah, it's always good when they're posting from the set because that means they're having a good time and they actually, like, believe in the movie it's not like dylan sprouse with that other movie that he did <laughs> that we actually really like he kind of just didn't talk yeah. about it you know yeah he kind of ghosted himself on that one but i, I thought that was actually pretty good so. i haven't seen a, any like anything bad about it so eh, his yeah. loss 
<laughs> and then finally, or no, not finally, we have three more stories. Holy shit. <laughs> so Larry Fassenden, uh, he produced, we talked about Psychopaths, I think, on the show. He produced that. But basically this dude, he's in a lot of stuff. Like he's he's the dead guy in uh, You Are Next. And he's in uh, We Are Still Here. He's the, the husband and wife, the like spirit couple who come. He's the husband. But basically he pr- he's the reason that like people like Ty West and I think like Joe Swanberg and uh like every big indie horror director that you probably know and like is connected to larry fassenden somehow he's just like a great dude who like takes the way he put it actually i i went and saw him do a q a was that he uh produces a a movie stories on b movie budgets and that's like his whole thing and mm-hmm. like house of the devil fits that perfectly you know like that's a movie he produced i think yeah i actually uh, he, uh... he's making a frankenstein movie yeah, that's this looks really cool. I've always been, in, I've always liked the, this Frankenstein story. I think there's a lot of depth to it that gets looked over a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. I, I think it'd be interesting to see him take a run at it. Yeah, and then it's called Depraved, and here's the synopsis. It centers on Henry, a field surgeon suffering from PTSD after combat in the Middle East, who creates a man out of body parts in a makeshift lab in Gowanus, Brooklyn. The creature he creates must navigate a strange new world and the rivalry between Henry and his conniving collaborator, Polidori. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I, <laughs> cool. I mean, he makes a man out of a bunch of dead bodies. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that's going to be super gruesome and pretty, at least visually, probably very interesting. Yeah, and uh, they're shooting it in February and it is being cinematographied. That's not a verb, but <laughs> or word even. Uh, James Sywert, who did Like Me and The Ranger. And uh, it looks cool. Like, I'm going to keep an eye on this one. And the yeah. poster's pretty fun. Yeah, I'm sure that this won't be the last we're hearing of this. Yeah, uh, he's, since, he's a great dude. Yeah, and, you know, it's Frankenstein. It's a fairly big, uh, big name. Even if they just call it Deprived and it's just kind of a based on Frankenstein story. And they don't even use the Frankenstein name. I think this is going to be definitely one to one to look out for. Right. And then, so, uh, next up, real quick. The third season of Channel Zero premieres this week on February 7th. So, tomorrow, if you're listening, on Tuesday. And uh, I wouldn't normally talk about this, but I really liked but, uh, No End House. I just finished it. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really know a lot about the No End House creepypasta. But this new one, Butcher's Block, is based on Search and Rescue Woods, which is an eight-part creepypasta that I read when it came out in 2015, and it's fucking dope. It's like this guy went on uh, the No Sleep subreddit, and he started posting about, like, how he's a search and rescue operator, and he, like, would go out into the woods. But there was always this weird thing where there would be a man with no face who would, like, take kids away in a second, and then they would turn up, like, two months later, but they would have only been dead for two days and they would be like totally clean. And there would always just be these like staircases to nowhere in the middle of the woods that would pop up and disappear. So that's what they're pulling from for butcher's block. So I think that's going to be worth checking out. Yeah. I think they've done a a good job with adapting the source material for the first two seasons. I haven't finished uh, no one house yet. I'm only a couple episodes in, but they do a really good job with making these things legitimately creepy and giving them a, a real budget to play around yeah. in. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what, what they can do with it. Yeah, No End House is awesome. It's just like, it's a six-part story that feels like a long movie. It has great practical effects. Even the digital ones that are in it look awesome, and it's really easy to follow, and the characters are all pretty likable and cool. They get some pretty good actors in. And the show is renewed for a fourth season already. Like, they keep renewing it. But I don't I don't think a lot of people watch it. So if, if you don't watch it, you should definitely check out uh, Butcher's Block this week on February 7th on yeah. Sci-Fi. Also, I, I don't want people to be turned off from the show thinking that you have to read the story beforehand to see yeah. the interpretation. Because you really don't. You can jump into it having no idea what the initial story is. And you can follow it without any issue. Yeah, traditionally, it's like the first episode is really the only one that covers the story. Like, it'll yeah. introduce things from the story, but then after that, everything is just new. So, right. Yeah, I, it I just kind of builds read, upon it. Yeah, I haven't even read No End House, and I followed it. Finally. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, check that out this week. And then finally, the last story on here 
we have a new Jurassic World teaser that played during the Super Bowl, and it looks cool. Like, again, and this trailer expands the plot a little bit more than the, like, weird volcano one. And it looks like there's another company trying to get these dinosaurs to, like, continue the legacy of InGen or whatever company made the dinosaurs in the first movie. So uh, there's a really cool shot, though, of a dinosaur, like, reaching in to a kid's bedroom at night, (laughs) which is awesome. Like, that was really creepy. I personally like the one that's, like, hooked up to the harness and being carried away by the helicopter. It's, like, sleeping. I I laughed so hard at that dude. It was just, like, It's, like, It's just, like, being picked up by a helicopter. It's, like, okay, I'm I'm leaving now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, movie looks it looks pretty fun. I think it's gonna be probably you know very over the top with a lot of the scenes with the, but I mean, I wonder, do you think they're gonna introduce any kind of new dinosaurs, or you think it's purely gonna be a rescue mission? Well, they teased a dinosaur that was like new, and the little kid said they made it. So I'm feeling like they're gonna do another Indominus Rex type thing <laughs> once they get to yeah. a new company. But I don't know. Yeah. I you like the, uh, I like Chris Pratt though. Yeah, he's good. You think the uh, the T Rex from one is gonna is gonna die in this one? It has to, right? Like, <laughs> so old. I like that part when it's sleeping and Chris Pratt jumps through its jaws though. That was sweet. Yeah, I mean it's it's cool that that is like the one string of continuity that's been pulled through all the movies. That is that like one this, t- this really really old T Rex. It's like thirty years old at this point. <laughs> But, like, how long do dinosaurs live? No one knows. I mean, no one knows, so... <laughs> they can live I, forever. I, I guess you can't dispute it. You, I mean, for all we know, they can be like lobsters, and if you don't mess with them, they'll live forever, so... Yeah. You know, who knows? It's <laughs> it's really up to anyone's guess at this point. Dude, yeah, like, May and June are stacked. It's like Avengers, Solo, this... Deadpool. Deadpool. So many movies. Yeah. We got, it's a big movie season. I just bought my movie pass, so I'm going to be using that nice. a lot. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, that wraps up our news segment here. That was a long one, but uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with a quick review of Winchester from George, because I didn't see it, and uh, then we're going to talk about the garbage paradox. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back. <laughs>
Okay, we're back from our quick break. We just started talking about the movie, and we were like, let's, let's do it on the podcast. So, <laughs> this is like... I've I've never gone from like eleven to two this this hard and this fast. But during the Super Bowl yesterday, Netflix announced that the new Cloverfield movie would be releasing right after the game, and uh, so I left the party I was at immediately, went home, uh, and waited for it to drop. And I got it literally the second it went on Netflix because I left the like screen on my app open that was like play trailer and like mark me interested or whatever, and then it just started mm-hmm. playing. It like did the thing where it automatically starts playing. I was like, "Cool, this is sweet," and it's a bad movie. I thought that the cast was pretty good, though. I mean, there's a lot of it's a huge crew on the ship, but I thought that all the people involved actually did a good job of playing their individual roles. Yeah, and I feel like all right, just so we go into this, I think we can spoil it because it's on Netflix. You know, like everyone's seen it. It's like if you're listening to this, you probably saw the movie, and if you didn't, just skip ahead. Uh, so basically, what happens in this movie? is uh, in, in the near future on Earth, there's a global energy crisis. So a group of scientists from all over the world are sent up to space because uh, they need to work on this thing called the Shepard Particle Accelerator to discover the God Particle, which will uh, be renewable energy for the whole world. And there's the constant threat of war breaking out because the energy crisis is real. And the reason they have to work on it in space is because it's dangerous and once they finally get their giant machine working, uh, it puts it makes Earth disappear, and they're put into a different reality. And uh, it stars Gugu Mbatha-Ra as Hamilton, Chris O'Dowd as someone else, and Zebo from Captain America as someone, and then everyone yeah. else. <laughs> Zebo from Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but you, like you said, the cast is really good. Like they're likable. Chris O'Dowd, dude. Yeah, he does a great job. He's better than the main character. You know more about <laughs> him and the kind of person he is at the end of the movie because the main character is like a shallow, just garbage character. Like they, they're nothing. Like Hamilton's like, she's like, oh, I'm smart. My kids are dead. I'm up in space, and uh, I'm the main character because the plot decided. But she doesn't do anything to really make herself the main character besides like getting lucky and not getting killed by reality. You know. Yeah, it could have followed literally anybody on the crew, and it wouldn't have really shifted the story in, like, a meaningful way. You know what I mean? The only yeah. the only thing that makes her the main character is there's a parallel plot line going on between her and her husband. And so her husband is on Earth, obviously, while she's in space. And so there's, like, a very weak plot line of him rescuing this uh, little girl and kind of trying to find her parents... And as he's kind of going on his journey, he's also trying to reach out to his wife, who we lost contact with, because the spaceship flew into a different dimension. And so that's obviously, like, the connection between those two is, like, parallel plot lines that move the the movie forward. So that's, like, Mm -hmm. why she's the main character. But you could have done that with anybody else, and it wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah, and, like... I don't know just it's just boring it, it wasn't really boring actually i was interested in the plot but the way that they shoved the cloverfield universe into it doesn't make any sense really like yeah they, they hint at it it's like called the cloverfield station and then the last shot of the movie you see the bat from the first movie but it's not yeah it, it's almost it's like a worse version of what they did at the end of 10 cloverfield lane where it was like a whole, it was like a, its own movie, its own individual thing, and then at the very end they tack on a monster just to say that it's in the Cloverfield universe. Okay, so like all my research I did, I don't think they actually tacked that monster on to Cloverfield too, though, like Ten Cloverfield Lane. I think that was like always in the movie because that monster, like that alien spaceship and shit, that has nothing to do with the first Cloverfield. And this one, a, it came out that they shot this movie in 2016, and then they shot all the Cloverfield parts last year. But they just straight up used the bat from the first movie, but he's just bigger. It's like, and then they marketed this in the trailer as like, this will answer all the questions you have, and it answered virtually none of them. <laughs> like, like, if you took out the last two minutes of the movie and you called this, you called it like a station not from Cloverfield, it would have nothing to do with Cloverfield. You could call it anything else. You could call it. Uh, I don't, I mean, what's the space station's name? It's like uh, Shepard. Cloverfield you could, Station. 
No, but it's like the spaceship's called Shepard or something. Oh, no, the, the thing they're working on is the Shepard yeah. yeah. particle accelerator okay. or whatever. Yeah, but you could have called the movie Shepard and just yeah. not said Cloverfield and just cut the two, last two minutes off and it would have been a different movie. Yeah. It would have not been connected at all. Yeah. And then we would have been shitting on it too because it's like exactly <laughs> like life, but not as good. Yeah, it's it's starts off with a very like uh, not aliens, more like Prometheus or Alien Covenant feel, where mm-hmm. there's like the big cast and you think that there might be something on board that's doing something, where um, the one character I think his name is like Volok or something, the Slavic guy, the Russian guy. Yeah. And he kind of gets, like, a bunch of worms in his stomach. And, and he gets possessed. Gets I think I think possessed. he fused with himself, like, in, from the other universe. And that's why his, like, eye moves independently and he can talk to himself. That's, like, my theory. I think he got, like, fused with himself. Okay, I, I can believe that. But... And it, but it's that part's cool, and it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Like, that led me down a path where I was like, oh, there's something on the ship. There's, like, some kind of Cloverfield monster that we haven't seen before that's either controlling people or spreads, like, a virus or something. So I was like, that could be interesting, but then that just kind of ends, like, immediately. Yeah, it's just earthworms. And then there's another cool part where someone who went up in lieu of another character, like, in, in the real, I guess, real universe, the main universe, someone from China goes up with them, but in this universe... The Chinese person does not go up, and it's a girl from Russia, I want to say. Or Italy. She's yeah. from Italy. And that's really cool, because they find her, like, fused with wires. But then they just, like, clip her out, and it turns out only, like, her leg, kind of, and her hand a little bit, and, like, a pole is through her shoulder. But, like, she's immediately healed, even though it's near future, and they really don't show how they heal her. Like, she's up and walking around in no time. You know? It's just... And that Volkov guy, like, 3D prints a gun for some reason, and, like, he just immediately dies, but it's it's just bizarre. It's just really fucking weird, like, how the plot works. And the, inter- the, the mystery aspect of it I thought was interesting, but when it starts dealing with the Cloverfield part of it, it just, it doesn't really go anywhere. Like, at least, you know, 10 Cloverfield Lane, it could have ended with her, like, seeing the monster, and then the movie ends, you know? But at least they had her, yeah. her fight it kick its ass and then drive towards like the resistance you know like that's cool. right yeah <laughs> this at is least just that, like oh a big monster right at least that kind of ties her back into the universe in a meaningful way where you even if you don't ever see what happens to her you know that you know at least she went and joined the resistance and you know probably fought monsters and did other stuff after that and this is just like oh well i guess everyone is gonna die on earth because the energy crisis is solved, but that doesn't do anything because there's also a giant monster there now for some reason. Yeah, and it's frustrating because the new movie, the like fourth Cloverfield movie, is called Overlord or something, and it's supposed to—it's already shot. It's supposed to take place during World War II, so again, that's another fucking movie that's not going to answer any questions because, like, how are they going to answer questions about the first movie in in a World War II setting? You know, it's just like. I like that these movies are all kind of anthology films that are connected, but the idea of just taking a script that you have laying around and then shoehorning in the Cloverfield aspect of it and then releasing it as like a Cloverfield thing, that doesn't really work. You know, like, yeah, it, it just, it's weird. And like, on the one hand, I want to be really excited about how it was released, you know, like with no marketing, just dumped on Netflix. But then you think about it, it's like Paramount probably saved a ton of money marketing a movie they knew was bad so netflix could just like throw it up knowing that people would watch it because it's a new cloverfield you know right like uh, just they it was just weird to me the whole the whole situation is just kind of a bummer yeah i mean it's cool in the sense that we know at least now that netflix can distribute movies like on a whim (laughs) like could just Mm -hmm. drop a movie like like whatever is cool and I mean, I doubt this is, like, the last time we'll ever see them do that. I'm sure there'll be other times when they're like, and this doesn't this movie look cool? You can watch it right now. Like, I'm sure they're going to It'd be nice that. if they, like, made a good movie, since, like, every big movie they get sucks so far. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know what that's really a product of, but hopefully they can figure out something or purchase a movie and just, you know, put their stamp on it. And <laughs> but... <laughs> like they get a bunch of great indie ones. Like there's this new one coming out this month, actually in three days, called The Ritual that I've been trying to get us a screener of, but Netflix bought it, so it's really hard to get one now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's about a, a group of dudes who like, go out into the woods and they discover like a Norse curse and it looks awesome. But that's just a movie again that they bought. It's just weird. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all weird. It's cool that Netflix can do that. I think this movie kind of disappoints in a lot of ways. I didn't, I thought the plot was like pretty, not, not necessarily confusing because I understood that it was like, okay, two dimensions are fusing together and Whatever. They don't. They don't know. It's like you knew what was going on, but they didn't know how to explain. It. <laughs> right. Like, I think the big issue is having the, you know, like the shepherd particle accelerator be a MacGuffin doesn't work because it actually is necessary for the plot. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like it, to just put it in there to be like, well, it moves the plot forward. Is like that's okay, but like Earth needs that to work. And they make that, like, the big end of the film is like, sweet, we get the thing to work. And then you don't see it work. You don't know how it works. Like, what's the point of having a quote-unquote stable beam at the end? What is that going to do on a space station 100 miles up from Earth? Like, I don't understand what the point of any of it was. And they're like, oh, they call the husband and they're like, hey, we found her. She's alive. We're going to go get her. It's like, no, you're not. There's a giant fucking monster running around. You're not going to go get her. Like, these people falling down from space in a capsule are the least of your concern. They got the machine working. Like, the machine works. You literally have no reason to save them. You can be, you have bigger problems, like, at yeah. that point than going to rescue right. them. And it's just so they can end it with the, the husband screaming, like, Don't let him come back! Send him back to the space station! <laughs> and then the movie ends. It's like... yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I had fun watching it, which is the weird thing. It's like when I think about the movie and how it stands in the Cloverfield universe, I get really mad and I like don't like it. But when I was watching it, I was having fun. Like it's fun, and it's you don't have to think about it too much. It makes some really big flaws, but like if you're a fan of the Cloverfield universe, it's just gonna make you mad. I think. Like I don't think it explains anything, in a no. concise way. I mean, I think it's just kind of like a like a just okay sci-fi movie like yeah it feels like a sci-fi original movie but with like better actors you know what i mean like better effects the effects were really good yeah i mean it just feels like a high budget like sci-fi channel original movie yeah i agree isn't very high praise (laughs) no no i don't know but yeah so that yeah you could go watch it on netflix right now yeah good yeah i mean I'm actually excited to hear about Winchester from you because, oh boy, it did oh, not yeah. look good, dude. When <laughs> I I went on that set visit, if you guys remember, back at the end of October, like right the weekend before Halloween, I went on the set visit for this movie, and it was not the movie set; it was just the house. And they were like, "Yeah, we shot a couple shots here of like the front of the house." So basically, the idea of the Winchester house is. Uh, Sarah Winchester, who's played by Helen Mirren in this movie, is the surviving widow of the like the Winchester Rifle Company. Her husband founded it, and she's like a you know multi multi millionaire. She owns just over half of the company, which was like extremely lucrative at the time. This is like roughly like Civil War era, and so she has this big house that started like very small. It's like a you know two or three bedroom house. And she gets in touch with a psychic that says, oh, if you ever stop construction on the house, then all the ghosts of the people that were murdered by the Winchester Rifles are going to come after you. (laughs) So she continues to build the house, like, all the time, 24-7. And the other main character in the movie is uh, this doctor played by Jason Clark. And so he's, like, kind of, like, not necessarily washed up, but, like, his wife had recently died and he's kind of depressed. They do this really weird thing with him, and they never explain it, where he'll, he has, like, this little vial of, it says poison on it, and he'll just take, like, an eyedropper full and drink it, and, like, what? trip, 
like just like get high on it and he does it multiple times like it's not like a one-off where he just drinks a little bit of poison like he does it two or three times throughout the movie and what, the fuck? <laughs> what is it it's po- it says poison on the label it's Why poison, is he drinking poison? <laughs> it like gets him high or something i don't know <laughs> what <laughs> yeah like he drinks Are you like kidding he, me? he takes what? a little eyedropper of poison and he like drinks it and he just kind of like lays back and is like "Ooh, let the poison wash over me <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> it says poison on it like yes the, the vial i couldn't like there's like a brand name on it. It's like something with what, an. What? It's like a long German name, like Lugerman's something poison, and he just like drinks it. Why don't they just put like opium on it or? Something? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> okay. So he gets approached by uh, one of the lawyers for the Winchester Corporation, and he's the doctor's in like kind of some money trouble. So the Winchester lawyer comes in and basically tells him that uh, if he goes to the Winchester house and does a psyche veil on Sarah Winchester and says that she's insane and unfit to run the company, then they'll give him a bunch of money so he can pay off all of his debts. Hmm. So he's like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Then he goes to the Winchester house and, you know, things like get kind of crazy from there as they go. And she takes away his poison because she's like, you got to have a clear mind when you're in this house so you can see the ghosts like I do. And he's like, are you fucking nuts? <laughs> you got to stop drinking poison, my she's dude. She's like, you're the crazy dude, one here. No more poison. He's like, no, it's my medication. <laughs> poison. It's poison. Drinking poison. So okay, I, I got some questions though, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Does she ever shoot a ghost? A ghost, it does get shot in the movie. What? Yes. <laughs> Is it with a Winchester rifle? Yes. <laughs> I can, no way. I can ruin, I like, the climax of the movie. All right, everyone. Turn, skip ahead one minute. George, you get one oh, minute. Oh, no, it's going to take longer oh. than that. Because this is, like, right, the most, like, contrived, like, ridiculous <laughs> shit ever for how he's able to shoot a ghost to death. Okay, Bookmark it there, give the rest of your spoiler-free review, and then we'll talk about the spoiler part after that. Okay. So, so no spoilers here, or tell the spoiler no, now? Uh, no, keep going. Like, continue with the, the normal movie review, okay. and then we'll do the spoiler part after. Okay, so, you know, as the movie goes on, he, he kind of starts to uh, hear, like, some weird, like, bumps in the night, and he kind of starts to see some ghosts, ton, you know, a ton of jump scares, Really, there's no, there's just like the whole, all the scares in this movie are jump scares. It's like jump scare for jump scare. I mean, there's a couple, a couple of them got me pretty decent. I mean, if that's, I mean, if you like those kinds of movies, it, you know, it's like on par with any of those like you know other Blumhouse jump scare kind of movies. So, I mean, I think if you're interested in the story of like the Winchester Mansion, it does a pretty good job of giving you kind of like a you know big overview of it and okay uh helen mirren does a pretty good job uh she kind of gets like ghost huntery at the end where she's talking about like how she can sense the spirits and they're like oh in this room he's really powerful and really angry so it it gets kind of like i I don't know if cringy is a good word but kind of like you know like you roll your eyes at it and, yeah, uh, well, the real life story is kind of cringy. Like, she used to just go up into this room called the Witch's Hat, and she would, like, she would be like, all right, I'm going to go talk to the ghost. And she goes up there, and then she, like, writes down on a notepad, like, what the ghost died from. And I guess she gets a vision of what their room looked like before they died. Or the ro- she she gets a vision of the room they died in, and then she reconstructs it in the house. Okay, they they use that in the movie. She does that in the movie. Okay, that's, like, the real thing. That's, like, okay. what really happens. And it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, really? Like, who the fuck let her do this? Yeah, so that's, like, a main plot point of the movie. And also, uh, I almost forgot about this. She has uh, her... Sarah Winchester's niece is staying with her at the house. Oh. And she's kind of, like, looking over everything. And that, uh, That's a real person, too. And then she has a... Her, her niece has a son. And the son is getting... 
like possessed by one of the ghosts and he starts to do some like you know walking around in the middle of the night and kind of gets influenced by one of the ghosts in like a major way so it's a little bit of they don't really like do a big exorcism in, on him or anything but you know he's like affected by the ghost and it's you okay. know it's like that whole thing so i think if you're interested in the story I wouldn't go in with, like, very high expectations, but I thought it was interesting enough. It, it kept my attention, but I wouldn't really recommend anyone who doesn't care about the Winchester story to go see it. Yeah. I feel like that's what we guessed it would be like. Were the effects good? Uh, effects were pretty good, yeah. Um, all the ghosts look, like, pretty creepy. Uh, the house looks cool. Uh, I mean everything like fits like nothing seems like it's really out of place or everything feels like it's you know got the like right amount of like attention and proper detail everything looks you know very victorian and cool and i, I thought the effects were good yeah okay and uh so how does it compare to jigsaw that's a tough one because like jigsaw was kind of like the culmination of everything in the saw franchise Okay. Uh, I mean, like, are you asking like, which one's better or? Yeah, which one's better? I mean, I'd probably equal? pretty pretty much on par with one another. Yeah, but I'd probably see, I'd probably watch Saw Jigsaw again before I watch this again. Huh. Okay. I mean, I I feel like these two movies were just to get their name back out there, the Spirit yeah. Brothers. Yeah. Because. Like, I talked to Peter for, honestly, it must have been at least an hour and a half about just horror movies that we liked, and he was, like, the coolest, most down-to-earth dude. He knew a ton of shit about horror movies. Like, he knew his stuff, and he said that the big problem that they had with both of these movies is they were shot in, like, really short, like, super short time frames and really small budgets, mm-hmm. but I just, I hope that, it, like, just their name starts get floated out again you know and they start to get to do things that they really want to do because their other movie that they did with ethan hawk everyone really likes so i don't know it's a bummer that this is just as meh as everyone thought it was going to be and i looked at rotten tomatoes it has like a nine percent critic score and a 44 percent audience score yeah i think when i last time i checked on metacritic it had like just like about a 30 so so if someone is picking between this or Cloverfield, what would you suggest? Mm, I'd probably watch this over Cloverfield. Even with a Netflix subscription? Like, you could just sit down and watch Cloverfield? Mm, I mean, if price isn't an option, like, isn't an issue, then, you know, if it was just, like, you could watch this or this, then I'd watch Winchester, but if you don't really want to go to the movies, then Cloverfield's fine. Okay, cool. All right, so that's the non-spoiler review. Now I want to hear about the ghost that gets shot. Can you explain that really quick? <laughs> so if you don't want your spoilers for Winchester, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review on iTunes and uh, follow us on Twitter at George Frizzard and at Jimmy Champagne and at Fear Frequency. Uh, but, yeah, I want to hear about these uh, the ghost that gets shot. Okay, so the reason that the doctor, as the movie goes on, can see the ghosts is because he was shot by a Winchester rifle, but it lived. Oh, come on. So he, like, was shot, and he was legally dead for, like, three minutes. Like, his heart stopped, and then they were able to, like, oh. resuscitate him. So, so he is a ghost. because he was, like, killed at one point with a Winchester rifle, he can see the ghosts of the people that were also killed by Winchester rifles. <laughs> and he, like... So he was, like, his whole plot basically revolves around his wife could either see spirits or she was crazy. And I think the movie wants you to believe that she could see spirits. And basically he kept saying that she was crazy, and then she was about to kill herself, and he, like, pulled the gun away and she shot him by accident, and then she killed herself. So, like, he saves the bullet that shot him. What? Like... He, like, takes the, you know, like, the casing of it and, like, makes a bullet out of it and keeps it with him all the time. And so, for some reason, Sarah Winchester is, like, she's, like, that bullet has some crazy powers because it's associated with you dying, so (laughs) it's powerful. And so, like, (laughs) 
So, like, the climax of the movie is... Oh, my God. The most powerful spirit they have to fight is this guy who... uh, His brother was in... uh, Was in the Confederate Army and was killed by a Winchester rifle, like, in the war. And so his brother, who's, like, the main bad guy ghost, gets pissed about it. And he goes to a Winchester showroom where a bunch of people are and shoots up the place and, like, kills, like, eight people. And then the police (laughs) show up and kill him. And so he thinks that, like, all the Winchesters need to die because it was a Winchester rifle that killed his brother. And, like, if the Winchesters weren't around, then people wouldn't get killed by guns. Oh, my God. What the So she builds, like, the Winchester showroom, basically, in the house and he's like the ghost is like trying to kill Helen Mirren Sarah Winchester and she can't see him but the doctor can because he's been killed by a Winchester rifle so he can actually see the guy and then she's like (laughs) use the bullet it's so powerful because you got killed by it (laughs) and so he loads the bullet in the Winchester (laughs) rifle and shoots the ghost in the face and kills it <laughs> I'm so proud of myself for guessing that. Oh my god. That's awesome. Is it sweet or is it really late? Alright, so like the scene is Oh my god. So the ghost is like about to kill both uh, Helen Mirren and the doctor. And so he like possesses all the guns in the room to like lift up. And then he's about to sh- just, like, unleash with, like, every gun in the room, like, 30 shots into the, just, like, destroying them. And then mm-hmm. the doctor guy just shoots him in the face with his gun, with his magic spirit bullet, and kills the guy. <laughs> Alright. That's fucking crazy, dude. So, I'm kind of glad I didn't see that. It's, like, it's good if you go into it not Only expecting getting right like if you go in with low expectations it's it's a fun enough watch i mean i think this is like a perfect like red box movie oh okay but i don't know i had i had some fun with it but i wouldn't really recommend people (laughs) going like going to the theater to see it all right i'll put it on the fourth of july list to remember yeah for sure cool well that's hilarious so uh a lot of bad movies this week, but hopefully we got some good ones on the pipe. I did just get to watch Hellraiser Judgment, and I will save the review for next week, but there's a lot to talk about with that one. Uh, like I said earlier, if you want to help us out, you can leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jimmy Champagne. You can follow George at George Frizzard, and you can follow the show at Fear Frequency. George, take us home. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, as always, come back next week for some more horror news and reviews, and you never know who might be listening.